0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick.
1: Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. I'm joined by Mary-Kate Knorr with Illinois Right to Live Action. Mary-Kate, Planned Parenthood, pro-abortion lawmakers want to go after Illinois' parental notification law what's happening?
0: We've anticipated for a while that this law is something that we'll have to defend in the state legislature. I think that an important perspective to have of this particular law is it's a law that protects minors. It's a law that protects young women who are who are not legal adults from being put in a situation that they're either being forced into an abortion um, or coerced potentially by an abuser or someone who again is not their parent, not their guardian.
1: So why go after this?
0: you know again the motive is to protect young women I think that we as you know the abortion industry really likes to sell this this notion that they are the pro-woman side that they're the side that is for women and for women's health care and we know that this is simply not the case so when we look at a law like this uh, a law that we know they want to expand the definition of guardian to include clergy or, you know, a a neighbor potentially, as opposed to an adult that is actually present in this young woman's life, that that doesn't benefit the young girl. It doesn't benefit this young girl who's in a, a crisis situation to be isolated from the potentially responsible adults in her life. So that's what this law aims to do. This law aims to encourage that young girl to Go to reach out to a, a responsible adult that she, that's active in her life to talk to them about this decision. Now, if we change the law, that will have a drastic impact on the, the real goal, the real essence of this law, which is to protect these young minor women from making a poor choice, making a choice that's not right for them because they're afraid or because they're being coerced by an abuser, anything of that nature.
1: So Planned Parenthood and their allies want to water this law down.
0: They do. So they want to, you know, again, for them, it's all about expanding access is the way that they like to describe it. So they don't want it to be difficult for a young woman to receive an abortion. They want it to be as easy as possible. So let's eliminate as many steps as we can. The reality is we can't encourage an easy process because this isn't an easy decision. It's not an easy t- decision to just say that you're going to you know kill the, the life inside of you. And I think that's, that's an important point as well, that we have to Uh, we have to promote and we have to emphasize this truth which is that abortion is very it's a it's a difficult choice and inevitably it will lead to difficult consequences Uh, and these young girls are simply not equipped to make that decision for themselves which is why we need a law like this that promotes the involvement of the uh, parents and guardians and the responsible adults in their lives
1: and we know that this law is actually protecting the unborn
0: Absolutely, this law protects the unborn because it, it, it's it's very likely that many of these young women, if they're whether they're afraid or they're being coerced by an abuser, many of these young women will go to responsible adults in their lives who will say, "Look at the other options that are there for you." And you know, we hope we'll meet them with a compassionate voice and will take responsibility um, and help them to take responsibility for this for the life inside of them. Not only do we hope that, but it's something that we've seen um, that we've seen over time. So that's what we believe is the result of this law uh, and that's that's really the purpose and the essence of this law is to involve responsible adults that that can ultimately save these unborn lives
1: and really it's a health safety measure what if something in this abortion procedure goes wrong and the parent isn't notified. Right.
0: Well, and and that is sort of the irony too of the whole of the whole debate, isn't it? Because you would not a, a young minor girl would not be able to go into a general practitioner's office or some other medical office and receive care with without an adult or a guardian present or without their consent. Um, but in the state of Illinois, that is apparently not the case for abortion, which is an intrusive procedure in most cases. It just defies common sense, it defies logic that a, a young woman could make this choice, could go into a, a facility that's going to perform an invasive surgery on her, um, or take a pill, whichever, and will be able to do that without the consent, or even so much the notification of her parent or guardian. It really is a health issue, it's an issue of protecting these women, and not only the their um, moral integrity, but also protecting their health as well.
1: And we know that Planned Parenthood wants to water The present law down Mm -hmm. to broaden the scope of the notifiers, including clergy and Planned Parenthood. Has their own clergy.
0: Again, it, it goes back to this whole idea of we want the adult that is brought into the situation by this law to be an adult that is active in the young woman's life. So if we're calling up random clergy members that have been in touch, you know, they've been put in touch with by Planned Parenthood, that, that doesn't help the that doesn't help the young girl. You know, the young girl needs to have an adult notified who actually has a personal relationship with her, who can actually sit down with her and look her in the eye and say, Is this is this the right choice for you? Um, that's what we're looking for with this law. And that's not something that will be supported if we allow um, you know, random clergy who aren't someone that she has a personal relationship with to to be that that parental notice.
1: But how do we stop the changes from being made when the legislature is controlled by a supermajority of pro-abortion Democrats in both houses?
0: When a constituent reaches out to, an elected official, regardless of whether that constituent is th- the same party as that particular elected official or someone that they know personally, nine times out of ten, we we hope and we assume that that elected official cares about what that constituent has to say and and wants to address the concern. Uh, so we have found that you know where we often find the most success is having constituents reach out personally to the office or you know, to a staff member of an elected official. Those elected officials feel an obligation to the people that live in their districts to answer their questions, to answer to their concerns. The democratic members of our state legislature might not necessarily listen to, you know, you or myself as uh people who knowingly and publicly stand on a a certain side of the issue they will certainly listen to a member of their community that has elected them to that office that says this is a concern and and i want to know what you're going to do about it you know we need to have constituents and the public actually reach out to those people and hold them accountable and when laws pass in the legislature that the public doesn't agree with or that constituents don't agree with it's not necessarily always to say that elected officials did it despite the public oftentimes it's that the public never reached out to express their opinion on that issue to begin with so that's really the important thing I think is encouraging the public and encouraging members of our communities to actively reach out to their elected officials and say this is what I expect from you and this is what I expect from our legislature on this issue Uh, and that's something that we need to continue to remind people to do and encourage them to do because it's easy to be outraged Um, but if that's never communicated to your elected official then very little comes of it
1: So they need to be on the phone with their lawmakers Mm -hmm. or maybe pay them a visit.
0: Mm-hmm. These offices are ready f- to receive constituents in their offices. Um, so if you show up at the door, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, if they don't give you a meeting right then and there. They'll, they'll at least let you talk to somebody and they can schedule something. Um, or same with phone calls. Uh, these offices are ready and prepared to accept these phone calls from constituents. The problem is that not the phone calls are not always made. So we need to make those phone calls. We need to show up at their offices. We need to tell our elected officials how we feel about these issues so that they know and so that we can hold them accountable when they don't follow through
1: and maybe tell them if you vote to water this down you're voting against moms and dads
0: absolutely moms dads and also young minor women who are in crisis and in need and uh, and need parents to support them on those issues
1: this is Illinois Family Spotlight we'll continue our conversation with Mary Kate Knorr with Illinois right-to-life action after this Trans ideology is in our schools, government, churches even, our homes.
2: We need to start taking some action in stopping this total madness.
1: Join the Illinois Family Institute for our Trans Ideology Worldview Conference, Saturday, March 16th at Stone Church in Orland Park with Dr. Michelle Curtella, authors Denise Schick and Douglas Wilson, and Walt Heyer, a former transgender with encouragement for others.
2: Let me help you realize who you are.
1: The Illinois Family Institute Worldview Conference, biblical for today's culture, 10 a.m., Saturday, March 16th, at Stone Church in Orland Park. $20 per person, $50 per family. To attend, call 708 781 9328. 708 781 9328, or visit
2: IllinoisFamily.org. may be time for a new field in theology. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with a the Point. There may come a time, maybe soon, when Christians will have to choose between our jobs and our Christian convictions. That's why, as I've said before, I think it's past time for Christians to develop a theology of getting fired. The day may come when business owners, educators, and especially those in the medical field will be forced to participate in ceremonies or curricula or procedures that violate our religious beliefs. For example, the New Mexico Medical Society recently decided to officially endorse physician-assisted suicide and to repeal conscience exemptions for participating in abortion. In response, after appealing to the society to change their stance, Greg Schmieds, a state representative and a physician, publicly resigned his membership. Not a small step for a licensed medical doctor. So what will we do? when we face that choice? What red lines must we never cross? How will we offer support for our brothers and sisters forced out of their career or livelihood? These are important questions. We need to be prepared to answer them. I'm John Stonestreet. Marijuana in your church and community. It is patently wrong, and really it's a weapon against the people.
1: Join Pastor Greg Livingston, other Christian leaders, and the Illinois Family Institute for this important meeting to stop the push for pot. Today's dangerous, high-potency marijuana, Monday, January 28th, at the Drake Hotel in Oak Brook.
2: Show me a community where the legalization of a drug has helped that community, it's not going to happen. Drugging a people is another way of segregating a people.
1: Marijuana in your church and community, Monday, January 28th. To attend, call 708-781-9328 or visit the events page at illinoisfamily.org. A complimentary breakfast will be served, 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328 or visit illinoisfamily.org. Thanks again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight, Monty Larry here talking with Mary Kate Knorr with Illinois Right to Life Action about the life situation here in Illinois. So what does the landscape of Illinois look like if Illinois does water down our parental notification law?
0: You know it's difficult to say and part of the reason that it's difficult to say is that we don't actually receive very much information from these abortion clinics on the procedures that they Uh, that they perform and it's it's the way that the law is set up it they report them they report each abortion individually and patient privacy laws sort of protect that information so we never really hear but you know you can assume that this really puts young women in our state at risk and again when we talk about trafficking we talk about Abuse relation, abusive relationships, um, predatory situations that you have. I mean, this is something that happens, and we know that this happens, that we have predators actually taking young women that they've been abusing or traffickers taking young women that they're trafficking into these facilities so that they can receive an abortion. And the only guardian or legal adult in the room is the man who's abusing or trafficking them. This is absolutely real life. And I think that you know, sometimes the pro-abort and the pro-choice side of things likes to pretend like that's not a reality. That is absolutely a reality. And the pro-woman side of this issue is to speak up for that young woman who can't speak up for herself and say, we need laws that protect her. So, you know, who's to say what what would change in the state of Illinois if this law were watered down? I think that the likelihood, and we might not see it, but we can trust that it will happen, is that we will be protecting these abusers and predators, and we will not be protecting these young women
1: and lawmakers will have to be held accountable Mm -hmm. for protecting these abusers and predators.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, not only should we hold lawmakers accountable when they are um, still in office, but we have to remember to hold them accountable when they're up for election. We have to remember that if I reached out to this particular person and they did not heed my concern, well, there's something to be said for that, then we need to take a look at a different candidate.
1: Is going after the parental notification law just part of a bigger grand plan? For planned parenthood here in illinois
0: absolutely uh, so planned parenthood has actively they have said out loud in public uh at a national level that they see states like illinois as access points uh you know there there's a concern on their side and i wouldn't call it a concern on our side more of an excitement that roe versus wade will potentially come up for question in coming years and the way that they have chosen to approach that issue from a national perspective is not to say we will fight this in every state it's to say let's pick the states that we have a fighting chance and we're going to dig down deep roots to the greatest extent that we can and illinois is one of those states so this is just one more way that they will you know quote unquote expand access in the state of Illinois, and continue to provide opportunity for abortion providers that are national to come into the state of Illinois and uh, set up shop and take advantage of these policies. And then not only that, not only at that point will it affect Illinois women, but it will affect women from all the surrounding states once those laws do potentially come up for questions. So Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, their goal is to uh, be what they call the oasis of the Midwest. Uh, so they will actually be attracting women into the state of Illinois using these loose restrictions and these loose policies that our legislators have created for them.
1: Will be the Midwest capital for abortion.
0: Absolutely, 100 percent.
1: Beyond contacting lawmakers, it's up to parents to kinda make a connection with their kids, their daughters. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and I think that this is something that it's tough because parents, I don't know that parents always want to be told how to talk to their kids about sex. One of the things that has worried me You know, it it was something that my parents were very verbal about uh, about with me when I was a teenager, and now as an adult in this industry in the pro-life movement, it worries me, is that Planned Parenthood is creating a relationship with young girls in a way that some of their parents are not. And let me explain what I mean by that. Young girls who haven't been talked, who haven't had that conversation with their parents about sex and about all of the elements to that, when they decide that they're going to start having sex, where are they going to go? They're going to go to Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood will give them the pill. Now, the pill has a high human error rate. So what does that mean? That means that if a girl takes the pill and she and she's taking it regularly and she misses a day, but she has sex during that period of time, there's a very good chance that she'll get pregnant. So if she, if she gets pregnant, she's been on birth control that she's been receiving from Planned Parenthood all this time, where will she go when she's pregnant and and is in crisis, she's going to go to Planned Parenthood. And what's Planned Parenthood going to do for her? They're going to encourage her to have an abortion. So this is how they create opportunities for business. You know, in the business world, they call it creating leads. So this is how they create leads in, in their industry. So this is something that I think that that's the first place for parents to start is let's have a conversation about the pill and birth control and what the downsides of all of those things are for young women, you know, what what that means for their bodies. Um, and then I think from there, let's, yeah, absolutely, we need to be. Talking Talking about sex we need to be talking about what sex is for a teenager and what that means and you know the that effect and so that that is the difficult issue but i think parents need to realize that if they don't get a hold of their kids to have that conversation planned parenthood will
1: well we talked about the parental notification mm-hmm. law but is there some other legislation out there that could be introduced that is anti-life something we need to be concerned about
0: i would say the other number one piece of legislation that we're a little bit concerned about that could come up is physician assisted suicide. Um, So that's something that we know that the left has had waiting in the wings for a while. And, you know, you know I, I say the left, that's not even necessarily the case because physician-assisted suicide is not really drawn on party lines the way that we the way that we often see with other life issues. So it really is going to be a difficult fight to sort of determine who's on our side with this and who's not. Physician-assisted suicide is something that's been successful in Washington, in Oregon, um, in other states in throughout the nation, and we, we anticipate that Illinois will be next. So.
1: It's in California. We, we have to have it here
0: yeah yeah right we have to have everything california has right
1: yeah right illinois right to life action you're on the front lines so how can people connect with you and help you folks out
0: yeah uh go to our website illinoisrighttolife.org we have a page specific for our action organization and then we have a page specific for illinois right to life which is our c3 nonprofit organization um so you can certainly check that out uh send us an email info at life dot org is the best way to get in touch with us if you're interested in volunteering um, interested in uh, you know any and all of the above I mean we really do do it all we're a one stop shop so. Please reach out to us um, and let us know that you'd like to get involved and we'll be happy to put you to work.
1: Well, thank you so much. Mary-Kate Nor, with Illinois Right to Life Action. God bless you and your work. And folks, thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to help out the work of the Illinois Family Institute, please do so by giving us a call at 708-781-9328. You can also go to IllinoisFamily.org and click on Contribute to uh, help us out. Until next time, God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.